0: Welcome to this week's episode of Modern Romance. Today, I have two special guests, Jill and Brittany. Welcome to the show, you guys. Hey, Nicole. Thanks
1: for having, hey, us.
0: Thanks for having us. Jill and Brittany are also from New York, and we are all single. <laughs> Before we get into the <laughs> topics for today, why don't you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves to the audience?
1: Yeah, I'll kick it off. So I'm single in the city. I'm 32 years old. I've been in New York for three and a half years. And before that was in Chicago. So it's a whole different game out here. Um, I'm so glad I like moved out here actually for grad school. Um, but the dating experience has been, has been a lot, but also a lot of learning about myself, which I'm like, so excited to share today. Um, Me, by day, I work in tech. I'm the chief of staff at a technology firm, but I'm very, very passionate right now working with Brittany on a little side project we'll get to later.
2: Uh, Brittany here. Uh, I actually just turned 35 this past weekend, so (laughs) dealing with all the emotions of that, but usually most good emotions. Um, I have been dating... You know, for many years, have a lot of experience in uh, long distance relationships. Um, I've had a few long term relationships, a lot of micro relationships. I call that like last like two or three months. And then usually they ghost or it just like totally flops at the end. Um, and my background's actually in dating. So I ran a men's gay dating app owned by Bumble called Chappie. We were the third biggest gay dating app in the US and the UK. So I learned a lot about just, the dating tech world then. And then I was a professional matchmaker for the past two years in New York, working with high profile clients, kind of finding out the dirty dating secrets of some really interesting people in the city. Um, and also just getting to interview women every day. Um, there were some days where I would interview seven, eight women in our office and just learn about their love lives and their dating experiences And now I'm working full-time on the project with Jill that aims to fix online dating and make it a better experience for all of us.
1: And fun fact, we met through your last job. You technically took me on a first date. Exactly,
2: yeah. (laughs) And I told you, it was a good thing I didn't set you up with my clients because you're better than them. You're too cool. So, (laughs) Brittany, did you like being a matchmaker? I did because of the female aspect. Like I just, I mean, I, I couldn't believe that I got paid to just like have tea or wine and you know, wine after five, of course, but like just hang out with girls and hear about their love stories. And I felt like, you know, I I really got to like help them have a positive mindset with dating. I think a lot of people have been defeated the past few years with the dating app. So it was nice to provide another outlet some of my clients were amazing and they were just sweethearts and really did want to find love. Um, but some were not, um, but overall I really liked it and it just was like a fascinating experience to set two people up and then you just know that they're on the date and you're texting them right after and getting all the details and being that, you know, middleman. Um, so it was fun.
0: That sounds so exciting. (laughs) I feel like it would be hard too, because what if they get disappointed you know, and then they blame you for like setting them up. Has that ever happened to you?
1: Um,
2: you know, for the most part, I think the only reason they got disappointed is because maybe the girls weren't into them. I mean, for the most part, and I always say like, if you go into a date thinking that, you know, this is a new person, this could be a new friend, not like, oh my God, this is my husband. Like we are going to date. Like I know everything about him. Um, I think you'll it's it's hard to have like a horrible first date. Like it's I think it's easy to have kind of a mediocre blah date that this isn't your person. But for the most part, people were like okay on the first date. It was more like a couple of dates in, someone wasn't into the other person, and then I had to break the news. Um, but I always encourage them to try to at least talk to each other instead of having me, you know, text the breakup. But that did have to happen a few times.
0: Wow, so interesting. Yes. So you guys, I want to do a quick check in. What's it been like for you guys dating during the pandemic? If it's been terrible, if you've liked it, if you've noticed anything different during the past year?
1: Yes, I've noticed things are a bit different, but it hasn't been terrible. So I guess I've dated like three guys in what Brittany coins as micro-relationships. But even though they were micro-relationships, I felt like I learned a lot in them and it just like, didn't work out through like mutual interests. And we're still at, I wouldn't say like friends, friends, but if like something happened, I would probably be still able to reach out and it wouldn't be weird. Um, So I just felt there was that like certain depth to them. Um, There was this like really weird relationship though. I had like, right. When COVID happened, this guy, like, just totally lost his shit when like we went into lockdown and like literally ran away. Um, so that was like upsetting for a few days, but at the same time it was just like, so real I'm like, okay, you clearly had like stuff going on. That's like, so above and beyond me. Like, thank goodness. I like found out cause like shit that was like week two of lockdown. Like I couldn't imagine like what was going on. And I was like, so sympathetic. Like, I think it like taught us like so much empathy, uh, like, I wrote the sweetest text to, like, after just kind of being like, hey, as soon as you're going through stuff, like, do you want to come play with my dog? Like, <laughs> we're cool. Never heard from him again. Um, so that was, like, the weirdest story. Um, been up to a lot, though I am going on a first date tonight for the first time in, like, two months. So this is very good
0: timing. <laughs> is it an in-person date?
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, cool.
2: Uh, oh. Jill, I'd be curious, like what, what is the typical, I I'll give a quick background. So I, the first six months of COVID, I was dealing with a really serious breakup and I just kind of wasn't in a spot to date. So I just kind of chose to, you know, take time for me, read, learn about breakups, you know, and just cope with that. And then I have been dating someone on and off the past six months, so I haven't really explored the NYC dating scene in a while, but I'd love to know, like, what's kind of standard procedure now? Like, You swipe, you talk for a little bit, then you get on a Zoom, or are people, like, going on walks, or what are guys suggesting?
1: Yeah, I've actually had more, like, in-person dates, so I think it's, like, a threshold. Like, if you still are on the apps, you probably have, like, a higher tolerance I mean that's an assumption it still is like important to kind of just like vibe check just it's like where that comes out in conversation I think you post people like this maybe I'm just filtering right <laughs> it's like okay we're on the same page um I remember like a first date it was just like a first date. I just like wasn't feeling it last summer or like we both showed up with masks and it was like, uh, 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 okay. But now we're like, like, there's, it's just sort of like body language and like, not like a little, like, I was a little bit awkward, but then I'm like, okay, we're, we're good. Um, so I think you just kind of figure it out, but, um, have not done FaceTime actually. Yeah.
0: So I was actually in the same boat as you, um, Brittany, like I was dating somebody in the beginning of lockdown And this person wanted me to move in with him and it got really intense. And I think it actually accelerated the relationship faster. Like we went from like being casual to being like, oh, wait, if we don't quarantine together, then we're not going to hang out. So you should probably just move in. And that's kind of where I decided like, okay, I, this is kind of like an all or nothing kind of situation. It was so unique. So I decided to, you know, end it. And I went a couple of months, like six months without really seeing anybody and it it was a little bit lonely but I like learned more about myself. Um I kind of learned how to be alone and be happy. Mm -hmm. And just recently I started going back on the apps and a lot of the guys have suggested Zoom dates or actually no not really zoom dates but I've done more FaceTime dates than I've done live dates. Yeah. Yeah
1: actually I'll take that back in the beginning like the first a couple of weeks of quarantine, I did have two FaceTime because that's when it was like, okay, we're like, don't know what's going on in the world. Let's do it. And like, literally, yeah, that second FaceTime guy was in the guy I ended up like dating for three ish months. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it just kind of worked out And like literally like back to back. The next guy I, like met up with. Yeah, we did like an outdoor date though. Like we would, like, walk the high line. We could just like reopen. So it was like a socially distanced situation. And he was like the next three months. Um, and then, yeah, like, of course the holidays, I was alone and Nicole, same feeling where it was like, I actually like was so like scared about being alone during that time in New York and everyone's like leaving. If, if you were here, it did feel like the apocalypse was coming. Like everyone's like getting the fuck out. No one's going to be here. You're going to be like alone in January. And I'm like, oh my gosh it's February like I made it I get nothing it was great actually like I had like a few days where you're like oh that sucks because I kind of thought I like passed like I got like that guy was like my cuffing season guy and then like late November he kind of bailed um but then yeah I was like you know what it's fine and it's the holidays it's family time it's just like not a good time to be out there anyway
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I think it depended on like which month you were in because in like last year March I feel like nobody was thinking about dating and it was all about like how are we going to survive this I have to keep my job how am I going to balance work life you know and all that stuff but I think towards the summer people started to emerge from their apartments <laughs> <Right>.
1: <laughs> yeah I think like summer in New York was fun it was like drinking on the streets and drinking mm-hmm. in parks and um like there was a pretty good vibe uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, I feel like each season, it's like, you don't know, how's it going to go? Like, oh gosh, like winter dining's on, dining's off. Like, gosh, because I always had this like mental model in my head, like, I'll be fine till fall. And I don't know what I'm going to do in in the winter um, unless I like, because I kind of had the like, oh, I need to like lock someone down or I'm going to be alone, um, which is a terrible mindset. So at the same time, you're like,
0: no, I don't want to think that way. Yeah. So speaking of mindset, would you guys say that you guys are hopeful, hopeful and romantic, or like still hopeless romantic? I would say I'm hopeful. And I
2: think, I do think that the pandemics changed people's minds a little bit about taking dating more seriously because, you know, there were a lot of us that did that were single through the really hard parts. And it would have been really nice to have that best friend and companion. So I found even like as a matchmaker, I did find that some of like my playboy clients, like they were like, okay, well maybe I like actually want to go on a date and like, you know, think about a relationship now, not just like a fun dinner with a pretty girl, you know, and vice versa. So I do think people are taking it more seriously, which gives me, um, positive outlook that you know people will be more intentional daters
1: yeah especially from a New York perspective it's like there is just more of a single mentality here um but to answer your question like always hopeful I mean you always have your days and mm-hmm. like New York is tough to be a woman for sure I'm sure men have mm-hmm. their own opinions too on it's tough for them too but um you have your days but like overall I'm just like feel so much more evolved than I was just a couple of years ago. And the choices of men I date, my boundaries, what I'm looking for, that it just kind of, like when I meet the right person, I'll just be way quicker than spending another four years into something that I probably should have ended a year in. Um, You just kind of like know yourself and what you want better.
0: Yeah. I think I've definitely had like some weak moments where like I realized oh my gosh, I don't know how long we're going to be in this. Like, am I going to be single for the next like two years? Mm-hmm. Like, and there's kind of, sort of like that panicky feeling. And if you think about like how much time you're wasting, I think that's when people start to get hopeless because they think I, I there's nothing I can do. Like, what are the chances I'm really going to meet somebody? But I think the more hopeful you are, the better your mindset is. Because I mean, there's never a good time to date. I think because people are stuck in their homes, and get a chance to slow down just like as a lifestyle and they can like think about the things that they really want if family is important to them if dating is important to them I think it's given people more time to to really stop and appreciate what they have and what they really want out of life yeah
1: yeah I love that like it's like if you decide dating's important you'll figure out a way or just a bring up bring the energy to the apps like I totally found myself jaded a few weeks ago on apps and I like wasn't actually getting responses. And then I was kind of in this like spiral of being negative about apps and like completely checked myself a few weeks ago and was like, your energy about them is off. Like, how about you try to like approach this in a positive way? And it was a little bit like eerie where I'm like, all of a sudden I'm like getting responses and people are messaging me. And I'm like, nothing like about my life Changed like literally, I just decided to stop thinking it like sucks to be on dating apps, um, which every person on dating app experiences. Duh, uh, it's just like how you pull yourself out of that.
0: Mm-hmm. It's like a resiliency energy that you have to like find, and it it can be really hard. Like there are some days where I'm like sitting in the shower and I'm like, I just want to give up. <laughs> like I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> but eventually, you have to think about you have to like stop fearing what could go wrong and how like tired you are and you have to find like, okay, I want, I want to be in a relationship more than I am afraid of being in a relationship. Yeah. And, and trust. I mean, I
2: think, you know, the, I'm a pretty spiritual person and believe in like, you know, fate and the universe and all that kind of stuff. But I really think that you just have to trust the process. And if you keep putting fear and negativity out there, like, I think people can pick up on that. It's the same, like, with your friends, or you're in an interview, people can pick up that negative energy. And on dates, I think it's the exact same thing. Um, Even on text, if you're kind of like lackluster, or just kind of pessimistic about online dating, or you come across a guy that's like a little negative, like, oh, this sucks. Like, yeah, whatever. Let's just FaceTime. Like that's, you know, like, people can read that energy so i think it is important like if you're in a rut to kind of take a step back maybe take a week or two of a break however long the break needs to be i needed to take 6 months um at that one time in the beginning of last year but i think it's just yeah reset yourself and then get into a positive mood and you know what i've noticed in my 30s is that you just you hear of just like all these crazy stories like i had a friend that met someone the end of september she sent a Christmas card with the guy by December and now they're living together. So it's like, and I was like, whoa, okay. The guy (laughs) I'm dating, we
1: were like, (laughs) you know. (laughs) That's like that in New York, right?
2: (laughs) Ordering takeout kind of, but like, you know, um, not that, but like, I know that it can happen, so.
0: It can, I think it can happen. Mm -hmm. What are some of the red flags that you've noticed in the past? what kind of red flags like if a guy isn't who he says he is if he's like a creep um I
2: personally don't like when they're just like hey hey texting do you want to meet up it's like okay (laughs) first of all like I really value my time can you not ask me one question about myself to even make sure that we're compatible so yeah you saw a few cute photos but like that you liked but like engage with me a little bit. I'm not that easy. I'm not going to spend an hour getting ready, 20 minutes to the date, an hour plus on the date, because you're too lazy to text me a question about my life. So for me, it's like, if he's going to be lazy about that, and also just looking at their dating app profiles, if they're lazy and they write one sentence and they just put these like blurry, crappy photos up, what kind of boyfriend is he going to be? Like, you know, is he going to plan the dates lazily? Like it just, I think that's a red flag. If they are lazy Mm -hmm. about their dating apps, and even courting you on the dating apps, then I think that might translate to what they're like in real life.
1: Yeah, I've kind of always applied that filter too. It's like, I get there's no written rules, but there is that right balance of like, yeah, I don't want to text with you on the app for like two weeks, like have a nice little conversation, say something unique, versus like, if it is just like, hey, like I just don't respond to that. Cause that's just like, it would have taken you 10 seconds to say something thoughtful about a picture. Um, and yeah, but to your point, like, that's like the energy you're putting in and like what you're doing now, like, Holy shit. I don't want to see how you like even get to planning a date if that's the level of effort, but it's like been its own filter. It's like, I'm not going to get upset either about those texts that die off or you could just tell where the energy is just like, lowest possible like thought um and it's so like it's just like it doesn't take much like it's seriously just like ask like one or two semi-thoughtful or just like slightly above like how was your weekend (laughs) like it's not a high bar like like, how did you go skiing on that picture that looks really fun I'd love to book a ski trip Mm. like write more than one sentence and go like a a step up beyond like the most like generic response you could say like anyone ever.
2: Mm -hmm. I was going to say another red flag too. like looking back on all these guys I gave way too much attention to is like, I would just like wait around for days for them to text me. And then they would text and then I would screenshot to a few of my best friends and then we would analyze it. And it's like, you have already lost. You literally, the main
1: screenshot, you have already lost. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I still like of to do that for like, joke, like, this is hilarious. Like, I'm clearly not going out with this person, but like, holy shit. Yeah. And like, um,
2: if they're not asking you to hang out on weekends and it's like, you know, or it's like late at night, like, oh, I'm going to be with my buddies. You can meet me. Like, no, no, no. That's not like, a date.
1: really like college.
2: Every girl deserves a planned date. And I, you know, I am probably more high maintenance than others, but like, I think everyone deserves like at least some one-on-one time, you know, like at least the first few dates. Like, um, so I think that's a big red flag. If you're like, if they don't text you a lot and like maybe once a week, and then it's like, Hey, do you want to come meet my buddies at three ten Bowery or what, you know, whatever the bar is, (laughs)
1: Or that we used to go to um I think not it's a huge red flag
0: yeah yeah
1: and also like I, I when I pick up on like lack of vulnerability and like that's usually and, and it's not something like in a running brown way i you I know, like I don't even want to like be the one asking you out on a date so I'm going to say some like roundabout question that like puts you in the position to like do next steps um like I hate that just like put it out there can I take you out on a date Plain and simple. Mm -hmm. It's not like trying to go around the ways to make you the one that has to like initiate. Um, that's just like not attractive. But then it's always checking your balance because that you know, as a woman in this year, like it's like, okay, let your you can also ask someone out if you like feel the vibe. Um, but I feel like the first date is
0: just Mm chillery. I think you should definitely step it up on the first date versus like a guy who does say, like, hey, um, you want to hang out. And to me, hanging out is like, "Mm, do you want me to come over? Like, what is the plan? Because hanging out is a very casual term for me. So I get, I am maybe a little bit more um, high maintenance too, but I, Mm -hmm. if a guy says that they want to hang out, I need, I need a little bit more than that. I think Yeah,
1: that's the shit I'm talking about where it's Mm -hmm. like, you're not just like being straight with me. I'm like, I want to take you out.
0: Yeah. Guys should take you out on the first date. (laughs) I also feel like when guys like kind of call you like babe on the first, on the first message, no love and like, I'm like, okay, so how many other girls are you telling this to? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. This is like
2: a copy and paste, (laughs) you know, unless, you know, and this is like something that I think we talked about briefly is dating other cultures and outside of New York. So I have a lot of experience dating international men. Like I, I don't know why I was thinking about this the other day, I was like, I've dated someone from Brazil. Mm-hmm. I dated someone from Mexico, Germany, Italy, London, lots of London, um, Irish, French. I mean, mm-hmm. Scandinavian. I, I can't. Even... Are these all
0: from New York or from like different cities?
2: Uh, I, so I lived in San Francisco for a few years before New York. And then also a little brief stint in London as well. Um, but my point is, is that they are a lot more flirty over text and they will say, babe, honey, that's like kind of part of their mm-hmm, culture true. and to do like X's XO, like they do that. So that is something like important to know that I think it's a cultural thing, but if it's like a dude that grew up in Connecticut and he's like, Hey babe, like, come <laughs> he's over, <a> <laughs> of course, you know,
1: yeah, major flag. <laughs> I had a short fling with a Brit. Um, it was kind of like, Weird. I met him in New York. But I was like going to London next month. So we had this like one month thing. Uh it was so much uh-huh. fun. But uh-huh. he was like the most solemn, like you know like Brits are known to like not share emotion. Where he was just like, you're just so lively and like expressive. And he was just like this. I mean, I thought he was hilarious. He had the British accent. I would like you're really cute. This has like been awesome because you're like my local tour guide on this, like my office trip to London. Um But it was, like, funny because it was just, like, this cultural conversation then where he's, like, you're all animated and, like, you're emotional. And I'm, like, wait, I'm not emotional. I feel like I'm, like, average at best. Like, I feel like I'm just learning to, like, really be with my emotions and express them, to be honest. And, yeah, because then I, like, obviously cried the last day when I had to, like, go back to the U.S. And he just, like, did not know what to do. It was, like, wild. Like, like he was just, like, I don't know what to do with you. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you so emotional? like... We just had like a, a week, like romance in London. And I have to leave and never see you again. Like, why would I not be
0: crying? <laughs> anyway. I, yeah. guess.
1: I mean, I think
2: British guys, I mean, they're, they tend to be my favorite. Cause I think they're really witty and like sarcastic, dry sense of humor, but America, you like, once you've dated one seriously, you realize like America is just so much more bubbly and forward and like. I even worked for two UK companies and like in emails I write like more exclamation points and I like even, you know, I'm just more animated and they're always like, oh my gosh, like w- wow, you are so American, you know, and like I wouldn't even know I thought I was like it was a normal Monday morning email and they thought it was like I was screaming to the rooftop. So <laughs> yeah, I think it's just it's mindful too to just dating different cultures. You're going to have different experiences. And, like a a, a side note, right now I've been on and off dating someone from Germany. And that has also been really interesting because they really don't show emotions. (laughs) I would say they're a lot more serious than the Brits. Um, And we were talking through things once. And I, like, in terms of psychology, they tell you, in America at least, they tell you that you should say, I feel well, I feel that you hurt me, right? Or I feel disappointed by this. In Germany, when you say I, it's like extremely selfish and you're supposed to say like we or you, they would rather just be direct and said, you did this instead of I feel. So we had this whole really interesting conversation that the way they even talk about feelings and like pronouns and stuff are totally different. And so I think catching up to speed with dating someone different cultures sometimes can be really interesting.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. I've dated a French guy, even when it comes to like eating habits, we would have cheese and fruit for dinner. And I'd be like, I'm starving. I can't, I can't live off wine and cheese. You need to feed me, man. He like, well, what do you want to eat? And he was like very specific about his diet. So even that, like I could totally understand, like, there's so much more you need to know about the person when they are from like a different country. But that said, like
1: New York, I said, like, I've learned to appreciate just how much international or just well-traveled people are here. Um, So before I was in Chicago and I didn't date a ton in my twenties. Like I was just like career and I was also like competing and running. I just like, was like on my own little, like badass, like me journey. Um, But I did date a little bit and like looking back and like even coming back like two years ago for like a summer there. I'm like, everyone's kind of boring here now. Like, such as I like will give New York shit for like being hard and like dating and men being like a little complicated here. Like, uh, well, you can't meet like a cute boy named Silvio who's like parents live in Milan and like start planning your dream. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and he's like Mm -hmm. travel different places to just get a, a more interesting like conversation with people to have. And that's also why like, dating is generally interesting so I try to like date people who like do seem like well traveled or like I went to like get my MBA here like did the MBA which means like by definition you traveled the world for two years um and you just have like more things to talk about and like experiences and that's where I think it really sets you up to have a relationship So you're like okay I've like done all this shit
0: like I kind of know about me I know what I want um do you think that New York is different compared to other cities?
1: Yeah, I. it's definitely harder, like, by the numbers. It just is, just with the proportion of women to men, the income disparities. Um, and there is that idea, like, the more dense the city is, actually, like, you're more lonelier. Um, and you're just more career-focused here, generally. So it's, like, harder, but I'm someone who's, like, a sucker for... <laughs> misery I guess and I just think I'd rather like take my time maybe it will just take longer to find the one it just doesn't mean it's like
0: impossible
1: improbable. it's just like I like I've said this I'm like if I'm out to Chicago I'd probably like find someone that would propose to me in like under a year like a hundred percent here maybe it takes like three or four years but like I'm not gonna like change my life to like try to make the numbers work better like that's just like not how you need to live
2: Oh, I totally yeah. agree with that. I mean, I don't know. I'm a big pro like people just always say that like oh, New York dating sucks, so well, it's like, well, it's kind of sucked in San Francisco and it like kind of sucked in London and I I do think that it's harder in metropolitan cities because people are more career focused. They tend to be more like financially independent and like, you know, they're not like so focused or worried about settling. Um, And the marriage rates are later in life. But I think for the most part, like dating there, it's just human nature. It's this push and pull. And I do think that my friend right now is in Oklahoma um, living with her family. And like, same thing. She dated an avoidant narcissist like a couple months ago. Same thing. So I think uh, you can't just like totally bash New York. But I do think it is probably the hardest of all of them but not by that much.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I read it or I was listening to a podcast, a different one um, about dating. It was like each city just like, they did a huge survey. It's like each story just like it all said, like it sucks, but it's like, what flavor of like sucking do you like, like, like it'd be like, if you go to Portland, okay. No one's like driven. Like that's their like sucky dating problem. Mm, Um, Like San Francisco, they're all like weird tech people, but they're rich. So like choose like your problems so you can kind of like optimize what like version of like sucking like dating you want um but yeah like that's what like I love talking about like dating is such a fascinating topic
0: I could talk about it all day which is why I do what I do (laughs) (laughs)
1: different versions of the same shit
0: yeah I mean everyone has their different story and I think every city is unique and I think each city has its good and its bad. Like you said, you have to kind of just pick where you want to foster your future and don't go by where you think you're going to find your husband because he can be anywhere, really. I mean, if you pick one city because you think that your husband's going to be there, what if he ends up in the the same city that you used to live in?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's like tough now because you're like, I want someone to meet someone in real life and like have this like how it's supposed to go experience
0: of, like, oh, but I feel like with dating, it's, like, everybody, everybody always thinks about the way it's supposed to be, like, oh, I'm supposed to meet someone in real life, I'm supposed to meet somebody when I'm 25, and we're supposed to fall in love, we're supposed to be married by now, like, I think the more people think about the way it's supposed to be, the more people get distracted by the what's actually happening in front of them.
2: I totally agree. And I think, I think like, yeah, I just posted about this on Instagram. It was like, once you give up the idea of what your life should be and you just start living it, it's just a lot better. You know, like I used to want to, like, I used to want to live in my hometown, marry my high school love, have like four kids, you know, and do all this stuff. And now I totally want something different. And like, I beat myself up about not living on this timeline for years. And now I'm, it's, so much less anxious about it. Like, okay, I, I do know I want to be a mom and have one kid, but I don't need to have four. It doesn't need to be like, you know, in this certain, um, in this certain way. So.
1: We're so different. I was like, didn't even think about getting married until like 27. I was still like, Ugh, I need to like get my MBA and like be a dominant female in this world and blah, blah, blah. And I like, I shit you not, it was like, I turned 30 and I was like, oh my gosh, I like want to get married and I want to have kids. (laughs) And at that point, it's still like, okay, I still want to do this in a like normal fashion. But like, wow, that just like, that literally like hit me like a truck. And before that, I was just like, so self-centered. But that being said, I was like, all right, I still have 10 years. It's not like, okay, we need to address this situation like as soon as possible. Because the rest of your life is still a very long time after age 30 and it's like okay I have like at least seven years plus of dating that's like a lot of times to still like figure this out and even that like I'm still kind of like not gonna think about like oh I need to have a kid I really just like am more like spiritual on that like if it if I end up being 42 and never meeting the one which would be like improbable unless I'm a hermit the next 10 years then like, I guess it just like, wasn't meant to be either. Like, I'm just going to live my life with that intention and like that energy and like the right person when they come, they come and like, I've got my whole thirties to figure it out.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Life definitely changes when you're thirties and so does your mindset, right? So what would, what advice would you give yourself looking back if you could talk to your 20 year old self?
1: Overall, it's like hard. Cause like, it's like, so much about just like learning more about yourself every year like looking back i like I was just like 24 and stuff because yeah I am mean, sure Brittany's like totally different on this because I was just at that point just like not interested in like something serious but then at the same time um like I did get into a long-term relationship and it was like this like conundrum of like wait so am I supposed to be marrying this guy I'm confused now like what happened so I think it's like not about advice I'd give myself in my twenties, but then like towards the end of your twenties to like start looking back at those experiences and being like, okay, like how do I want to, how would I've wanted to do that differently now that I do want to become an intentional dater? And I think this can come at any point in your life where you want to like flip from unintentional to intentional. That like all those experiences, good, bad, like your fault, their fault, whatever. Um, like what came out of that? What kind of person am I now? What kind of person do I want? Um, and, and that's where it is. It's just like live your life, whatever stage you are to its fullest. And um, yeah, if you're going to be intentional. Be intentional. Yeah.
2: I would say if I could literally give like one piece of dating advice is like, if you're in confused, if you're confused within two, three weeks of this guy, of meeting him, and you don't know if he likes you, like he has a different agenda than you. It doesn't mean that he doesn't like you as a person, whatever. We don't have to get into that, but like he has a different dating agenda than you, if you're looking to actually date. And like, I just spent months just with these, like, just guys that were never going to turn in anything. And like, I would write them these emotional text messages. And I remember there was this guy that I would like Email when I was like 23 and my roommate at the time would like help me edit it. And then we would send it. And like, it was so, I just spent, I mean, years on people that were never meant to be. But of course, you know, learned a lot of lessons along the way. But I would say like, if I could tell any 20 something right now and they're dating, like if you're confused, no, move on, <laughs> move on.
1: I love that. I read that summer too. It's like the same thing as like, he's not that, he's just not that into you.
2: Yeah. And there's literally, there's no excuse. I've heard all of it. I'm sick. My family's sick, my job, my dog, my everything. I've heard everything Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. Like, I think also like, because I've heard of all the excuses now I'm like, Oh, well, I've heard that excuse a hundred times when it's the first time you've heard it probably, you know, you'll have empathy and it's a great thing to have empathy. But I think just reframing your mindset. Okay. We're on different agendas. This is not because he doesn't like me but I have this agenda that I want to find a boyfriend or I want to date like this. He clearly does not. So not a good fit agenda-wise, you know? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, often I've come up with this little like tool being more cognizant of like when people start giving you excuses and you're like, okay, this feels off, but I'm so like emotionally invested. I'm just gonna fit this excuse into the story of how like that doesn't apply to me. I've been like very good at like doing this exercise where it's like, okay, if my friend mm-hmm. right now was telling me this is what the guy she was dating was telling her, what would I say back to her? Mm-hmm. Or you just, I like, I've called my friend to being like, I know like my brain's working one way and like making this story, this guy is telling me like legitimate or like, I should like keep him and i'll I, i'll just ask like t- like please tell me this is like insane that i'm still entertaining this guy and like that i you know my brain's just like
0: in, over it and that's some good advice what would you tell your best friend if she was in the same situation what would you tell her and you just do that advice <laughs> it's harder it's harder said than done you know you
2: know what to say like yeah you know the answer you always know the answer so
0: that's a fair point but then you just actually mm-hmm. have to do it yeah. <laughs> What do you guys enjoy about dating now that you're in your thirties?
1: I guess this is like an overshare, whatever, everything goes. Like I, I'm way more in touch with like my sexuality and like thinking back to like, I like got married with mm-hmm. my long-term in my twenties. I'm like, oh my gosh, I would have had like bad sex for the rest of my life. Cause I was just like so conservative and didn't have like the courage or experience. Mm-hmm. And now, like, oh wow, this is like, I'm glad I explored myself and explored like things with other people because that is such an important aspect of a relationship that I didn't know as much about in my 20s and now I'm like yeah we're glad we learned that
0: yeah that's really important they say that a woman does peak sexually like when she's in her 30s that's why I think sex in the city was based on women in their 30s because I don't think sex in the city would have been that interesting if it was a bunch of 20 year olds just running around right (laughs) yeah it's so true (laughs) being in your 30s, you, you already, you've been through a lot. And it's interesting to see how, how much mature you've been, but also at the same time, how flawed humans are that like, you can still make the same mistakes in your 30s because everyone has emotions. Everybody, no one is perfect. And I think that's what makes that show so relatable. You know, what I think is important too, is like, if there are like people out
2: there listening to this are in their 30s a valuable thing that I've learned about dating is actually not myself dating, it's others. I now have seen a lot of people settle. I've seen a lot of people get married. I've seen a few friends divorce and you just get more life experience and learn about what settling is and all the crap that comes with that. And knowing, you know, having a friend or knowing that person that's in that relationship, that's not the type of relationship you want. I think that's one thing I've learned in my thirties is that it is so much better to be single at 35 than, you know, having one kid or in a really, really lonely relationship, um, just because you didn't want to be single. So I've learned from other people's relationships too.
1: Yeah. I've always like, that's not like, it's like the solution to anything. It's like amazing if you find the right partner, but it's not like the end goal necessarily, mm-hmm. but I don't feel like pressure about it. Like my mom has been like, so cool. Like I actually thought she was going to be like weird about it. Maybe it's because my brother has a baby now. So it's like not on me, but, mm-hmm. um, cause she's pretty old school. Like I like learned, like, I was like, we were like talking about dating and she's so confused about dating now. Cause like our parents generation is just like, what are these apps? Like that sounds bad. Like, I didn't realize like my dad was like her second date ever. Like, the first guy just like sucked. And then it was like my dad. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, that was your analysis. So, okay, now I understand yes. why you were upset yes. that like my ex, who was wonderful and we like dated for a couple of years, I just like truly was just not like in love for her was like, what? If you're not, if you're like not, if you're 70% or plus compatibility, like you should just marry. So now I'm like, okay, well, now I get that. So I thought it was really going to be an uphill battle. Cause of course, like by those standards, like, yeah, I'm fucking picky. Um, but she's been like cool and supportive. Um, like oh, I'm like, yeah. I joke, you know, she is like my, the dog grandma now. Um, but she's like totally embraced it. Like she like literally sends my dog birthday gifts just as much as she sends my like nephew birthday gifts to make, make it even. Um, yeah. And I think
2: too, there's like technology. Like I have so many friends that have frozen their eggs. I'm going to be freezing my eggs in the next year or so. <clears throat> and so it's just like, it's okay if you get married at 40, you know, it's like, you still have uh, 40 plus years with someone like the longest relationship I was in was five. And that felt like an eternity, you know? <laughs> so yeah, I think you just need to reframe your mindset and know that there is time still. And like Kamala Harris, didn't she meet her husband at 47 or something or get married at 47? And like, you know, now the most badass woman in the country. So yeah, the societal pressure is there. And anyone that just says, oh, it totally doesn't bother me is lying, I think. Um, but there are ways to overcome it
0: and enjoy your life as well. How do you guys find like ways to to overcome it when you get that like voice in your head? Like sometimes I feel like I'm surrounded by people who are in the relationship. How do you guys find joy in, in, in those moments? Well, one, I've always been good about like keeping single friends around
2: me too. I think that's really important. Um, so, you know, definitely have two groups, have your long standing friends that might be in relationships, but keep making new friends. Um, I think because I've lived in different cities, that's been easier, but like make an effort to find someone that's in the right spot or in the same spot in life with you. That's, you know, that's like part of living is having peers that like understand you and vice versa. But I also think like we all could be in a relationship. I think like thinking like, Oh my gosh, I'm just the only single one. It's like, well, you're choosing to be single because you don't want to settle. So I think that's kind of the main thing to think about is like, I could bring a boyfriend here. I could go on a date and I could find a boyfriend and we could date for a month and I could bring him to my friend's birthday. But like, that's just not what I want to do. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And I call like those triggers are like so real. Like I feel like it's either
0: seasonal or an event. Oh, the holidays are the worst. I think I love the holidays, but when they come around and you're single, it's like, really gets to you.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I'd say like every, like the last like three around Christmas time, like, I know I'm just like vulnerable and like upfront kind of like mentally check, like, okay, like are like spiraling a bit. Um, I guess, I mean, I have my healthy distractions, well, healthy, unhealthy exercise (laughs) and booze. Um, and just like, you know, starting new projects like launching on the side for dating um mm-hmm. and I think it is just like a collective like even though you are alone like you're not alone like being single is mm-hmm. actually a lot of, a lot of people um and I just do you know I'm like this is like temporary I think mm-hmm. that's always been like my quote like every, most everything in life is like so temporary there's few things that are permanent so um and I think Also being honest with like your emotions being valid. So that's something I've been like working on this whole year of like being like, that's okay to feel Mm -hmm. sad about like, I used to spend this, this way, like being like, yeah, I just, I'm going to feel those emotions and that's fine. That's just like healthy. Mm -hmm.
0: I think it's important to also acknowledge how you feel too. Cause I think sometimes um, a lot of single girls will, will deny Mm -hmm. the way they feel um, and not admit it. Yeah, I mean, I definitely did that girl too. <laughs> like last year. <laughs> Where I'm like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm fine. I'm cool. I'm independent. Like, I'm not like the others. And I started like isolating myself from a lot of people who are in relationships. And um, I thought it was really unhealthy for me because I started looking at relationships as like, mm-hmm. or people in relationships as haves and single people as have nots. And I just, I feel like that's just such an unhealthy way to to group people in, in different categories. Like, I don't think a relationship makes Mm -hmm. you more um, recognizable or more successful, but um, I do feel like sometimes there is like a stigma around being single. Do you guys feel the same way? Yeah, I think so. I think about it a lot
2: just because I'm from a place where I think like 20, seven out of the 30 girls in my sorority are all married. And like out of that 27, I think like 22 have kids, 23. So I do think there's a stigma and I think people like immediately are like, oh, what's wrong with her? Like, or why can't she find someone? Um, So it does take, like you said, like it takes a lot of work and I've done a lot of work, therapy, you know, like practice spirituality, everything, um, to get to the mindset that I have, but it is really hard and there is a stigma, but, um, at the end of the day, you just can't care as much what other people think. And I just know that people's lives are not perfect. It's not like we're in the crappy boat. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. there are good and positives with people in relationships, not in relationships. And that's just life.
1: Well, Britt, I want to thank you for also introducing me to your, the unexpected joy of being single book. I'm mm-hmm. still halfway through, but it is all like, there, I was just like on that chapter about like the stigma, but it's actually like the tables are turning on that. Like the majority is becoming single. Like, it's not like we're the ones that aren't in the like, wed off category, um, but for, for now, like, yeah, there is still stigma. I think New York makes it like way easier to just do your own thing and not be judged. Whereas like, mm-hmm. yeah, if I went back to like any other, like my hometown or in the South or something like, yeah, it'd be like weird. And I might consider like not moving mm-hmm. there on that basis. So mm-hmm. I think in New York has just been like, I actually feel like
0: I am in the norm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, guys, yeah. I want to hear more about your, your project that you're working on.
1: Brittany is our brilliant idea creator. And then I'll tag on with Brittany. You're our- yeah. So
2: working for dating apps, using them myself for how many years, like seven, eight years, I've tried everything, you know, Bumble, Tinder, Raya, Hinge. Um, and the main problem with dating apps is I don't think there's enough transparency. I could see, I always say, I could see a cute blonde British guy, you know, went to a good school, has a picture with his grandma. (laughs) And I'm like, Oh my God, this is my next boyfriend. And then I meet him and totally misaligned. He doesn't want kids for five years. He's not able to talk about his feelings. Our, you know, our interests are different. He wakes up at 6am on a Sunday. I'm more like, "Mm, let's order Uber Eats. And like, have sex or hang out. Like he's very, very type A. I'm very type B. Like you just can't know about this stuff um, about someone. And so I, you know, was thinking about this a lot over the past year being single and in quarantine. And um I think a lot of people are thinking about dating apps incorrectly where they're trying to build a new dating app and build a new community there. And I don't think that's the issue. You could build the latest technology dating app and there's still going to be issues on it because you don't know what the person is going to be like in real life. So, um, we created this smart link that can be used in any dating app of your choice. And it's this really fun, modern quiz where you both click on the link, you fill out this quiz. In five minutes, you cover like your sex drive, how you feel about oral sex. How many times a week do you want to have sex? um, What's your travel style like? What were your holidays like? Um, And we've crafted them in a very like safe feeling way um, because it does seem like, wow, you're, you're giving up a lot about yourself. But I think if you want to be an intentional dater, the right person is going to accept you for who you are. Um, So the premise is a, a smart link to just find deeper transparency and long-term compatibility with your matches and start saving yourself time from getting ready for an hour and totally having a flop of a date.
1: Heard, I believe so much in that intentionality. And, you know, as we talked about earlier, dating apps do suck. So any mission to improve dating and dating apps on top of that is just so powerful and then to be done at like scale potentially or you know that is the plan that it really would be like the impact mm-hmm. we want I think it's another thing got your 30s you're like works cool but like I want to make an impact on something I'm passionate about and like this is the thing like this is the thing like if you see people that are angry or frustrated at something like that's where there is opportunity mm-hmm. um and that's where we gotta like Help, and that's where like mm-hmm. uh, we really want to make this like a mission. just like how we connected with you, Nicole, where it's like you're our same vibe, and like trying to make dating like fun. Like it's the mindset mm-hmm. about it. It's about building like a positive community. Because by the numbers, if everyone says like dating apps yeah. suck, like that just doesn't work out. That just means like everyone sucks. <laughs> and, like let's just create a movement towards like yeah, improving yeah, yeah. it and like the mindset we talked about. But it's not even like our tools that are going to fix all of dating, like it, there's so many things that have to take place, but it's part of that like broader voice that we want to get out there. on like changing the tone to make it a positive experience than to get out of it what you want.
2: Yeah. And I think it's about taking control back of your dating life and feeling like you have more control. I think a lot of people feel powerless with the apps. Um, and it's like, it's cool to be like, you know what, these are my deal breakers. This is the kind of lifestyle I want to live this is the kind of sex life I want to live. This is the kind of romance I want. This is how many times a week I would like to see my partner. Like, you know, I think that really shows confidence. And, um, I think eventually you're going to, if you find someone that is really compatible on our quiz, it's actually called scoops. So getting the scoop, um, from your date. But if you find someone and you're aligning on all these things, I think the first date's going to going to be even more powerful because you're going to know that you align and you guys can like geek out on all your similarities and maybe even have deeper conversations about your differences. And it'll make the date even more interesting with that too. So I think it really will give you more power in your
0: dating life. And just be more intentional on what you want in your next relationship. That's super cool. I think it'll make a big difference from based on what you guys are saying. So do you guys have like the website set up or is it more of an app that you download on your phone? Right now. Yeah, we have a website. We have an Instagram.
2: Um, you can go to Scoops Link. Um, that's S C O O P S L I N K. Right now, we're doing um, beta testers. So, if you want to be part of our beta testing group, we're kind of playing around with that um, and going from there. But we do have plans to, you know, make this a big product and a real dating tech startup. Um, oh, we are just—it's
1: been exciting, it. just like. Getting their responses to even the beta testing and just our messaging around it, like people are passionate about being part of this, so that's been like a lot of trending motivation lately for us to just like get this out there as soon as we can.
0: Mm-hmm. I think people, what people really need is hope right now. Yeah, totally, mm-hmm. and it's beautiful. Like I got a message today.
2: Like I met this one guy when I was like twenty five, and he told his brother-in-law about this beta testing group because he saw it on Facebook and he's like, Hey, like you don't know me, but I know so-and-so and I heard that you're doing this. And like, it's a beautiful thing about humanity and it's on so emo, <laughs> but like people want to still give love a shot and they're willing to try new things. And this is at least something new you haven't tried because you've tried two, three, four dating apps But why not try something new with your dating apps
0: um, and give it a shot? Right. I think the dating apps kind of get a little bit of a reputation for being awful or bad. And I think it is partly because of the community. There are so many like Instagram accounts where people, you know, post those screenshots of guys just, you know, saying obscene things. And like you are what you eat. The more you Mm -hmm. give in to those accounts and you read the responses and you see other people's responses, you start to think that's what you're going to get and or that's what you are going to see. And that's eventually what you end up absorbing.
2: Right. And it's all about filtering too. And like, I had this like really shitty roommate for a few years in my beginning part of New York and she would just like go on these dates and she's like, oh, it stopped. And I was like, well, what is he? Or Before the date, she's like, oh, I'm going on a date tonight. I'm like, oh, where is he from? I don't know. Oh, what does he do? I don't know. I do she would go on these dates, like date after date, just to go on them. Like, oh, yeah. and I was like, well, because you didn't, you didn't do any filtering, like <laughs> <do the> research. <laughs> like I'm all for it. Like, don't do ever, don't Google for hours. But like, okay, he's a legit person. He's real on Instagram. Socially, we're the same. If you know,
0: just like filter a little bit more. Have respect to like know what you want. I know, Brittany, you have like a blog, and you're starting your own podcast. So Brittany, let our listeners know where they can find your blog and, and where they can listen. Yeah. So my Insta
2: is 30 waves. It's spelled out T H I R T Y W A V E S. That's my blog and my podcast too. Um, and I talk a lot about dating advice and being in your thirties and kind of the self love empowerment route. So you can find me there.
0: All right. Thanks guys for joining us
2: so much for having us. Joe, good luck on the date. Let us know.
0: (laughs) If you've liked this episode, make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button. Leave a review on your favorite podcast app and share this show with your friends. Come back next week to hear me cover another topic on the modern world of dating.